and welcome to Philly and the Over, a brand new Philadelphia-based sports gambling podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Joe Simonera. I'm joined by Shane Curran. Shane, tell us what's on tap for today. NFL Week 1 Recap and College Football Week 2 Recap. All right, time to cash in. 4-0, baby. 4-0. Big week. Big Sunday. NFL's finally back, and uh, what a day. What a day just sitting on the couch, watching Red Zone, watching the birds, and what a day gambling. Okay, so I went 7-1 and one on the day, 4-0 in the locks. It, it was great. It was great okay, to have Okay, day. okay. Before you get too cocky here, uh, you didn't hit your teaser, which I did. So and it turns out, actually, on that, on that Monday night game, I didn't even need those 12.5 points from Seattle. But no, what a, I mean, what an absolutely just insane weekend of football. I, I mean, college was nuts. The NFL was was just absolutely insane. I mean, I, I going going four and zero in your locks for for that week of football is just incredibly impressive because those games were just wild all over the place. Um, I, I'm still I'm still baffled by what I saw from from some teams, but I guess that eh, it's the first first week of the season. Maybe some crazy stuff. Uh, Crazy stuff can happen. Well, there but... was one game that you circled that you want to come back to. Ah, uh, yeah. Remember what that was? <laughs> that would be the Giants. The G-Men. Um, yeah. Wow. 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 So, uh, I, I, yeah, I, that, was, I... that was one of my strong plays. Take them at five and a half. They end up winning out, right? Uh, I give Brian Dabble so much credit in that situation. You just see like the new coaches across the league. When you're a new coach and the Giants have sucked for so long and he goes for two on that play and goes for the win, that just changes their whole culture right there. Yep. Like yep. one play. Granted, if he doesn't get that, they're probably talking about how Daniel Jones should be um, benched, how Devil isn't ready to be a head coach. Like the whole narrative of that entire franchise, at least for this season, changes completely based on that one play. And you know what? I, I think he made the right call. I, I really do. You look at that compared to the Houston game, right? Where it's fourth <laughs> and five. And you're at your own 50 yard, like two minutes left. And instead of trying to go for a win for a team that's supposed to only yeah. win four and a half games, you punt yep. it away. Yeah. I mean, what's that say about the the team? It's, oh man. Yeah. I mean, it's why Lovey Smith has had like 75 jobs in the last uh, 76 years. It's, it's, it's just, it's been head scratching how he keeps ending up as a head coach. But um, no, there were some, some, very weird coaching maneuvers, even even in last night's game, Seattle and, and Denver. I'm not sure what uh what what Denver's new coach Nathaniel Hackett was was thinking at the end of that game, but um you know happy for Geno Smith, he appears to be uh, <laughs> be be resurrected. Although uh, um, I don't know if that's going to continue the rest of the year, but yeah, it was just a very it was a very bizarre week, and you you got the impression that there were some weird weird very just strange maneuverings that happened um all throughout the league and and you kind of get the impression um that you know there was a lot of first year coaches or, or coaches in new spots um you know uh, the one game that really jumps out to me was Washington and Jacksonville which I took a terrible loss on thanks to Carson Wentz it was like like I'm watching that game and I'm thinking okay Jacksonville is atrociously bad and then Carson Wentz starts throwing picks, and you're like, ah, oh, there's the Carson Wentz I knew and loved. And then at the end of the game, he's hitting Jahan Dotson like with his, with his beautiful pass to to kill me and and win the game. Uh, so I mean, <laughs> that wasn't that a, nice of a pass, to be honest. Yeah, it was pretty good catch. Jahan <laughs> Dotson, Dotson like reached around uh, really the, the quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, if Carson Wentz can get the ball like near the receiver, that, that's pretty pretty good for him. But are these was, the best that, receivers that he's had to play with between Dotson and uh, McLaren? Um, McLaren's definitely the best right i mean he yeah. had Pittman last year year two wide yeah. receiver 
Um, he had T.Y. Hilton, I think, last year for, yeah, for a little not, bit, but he's toward the end of his career. Yeah, it's not, yeah, the not, T. Y. Hilton, not that you know, T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, I mean, it it prob- probably is. It probably is. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that that's that's a fair point. And, and John Dotson looked great. I mean, there was some weird, uh, like at the start of camp, it was like, okay, this guy is the next Jerry Rice. And then by the end of camp, it was like, eh, we're not sure about him, but but obviously uh, he, he can play. Uh, two touchdowns that game. I had him on the bench in one fantasy league, uh, but that's a whole other story. Um, but let's let's talk uh, quickly before we'll, we'll go over all our picks uh, uh, in, in detail. And Shane can can gloat some more. Um, but let's just talk. Let's talk about the birds. Uh, really interesting game. Um, you you know the, the thing that everyone's pointing out is you gave up uh, uh, way too many rushing yards, and, and you kind of let DeAndre Swift. Uh, um, showcase his his talents on on week one there, and that game probably got a little too close for comfort. And you gave up thirty five points to the Lions, but you know all that being said, you're you're working in a lot of new defensive starters, um, and your offense scored thirty eight points, and and Devonte Smith and Quez Watkins combined for zero catches for zero yards. So uh, there, there's there's some good, some bad. I, I I mean, is that what you expected from from week one from from the Eagles though? Week one's always tough to judge. I think we should look back in about four weeks and see where the lines actually are, right? Because I think this is the best offensive line that the Eagles are going to play against this year. And they have yep. a, a running great running back behind it. So yep. I'm, I'm not too surprised by that. I mean, I think everyone expected the Eagles defensive line to be uh, pretty stout this year, but you go up against one of the best and, and uh, I'm not too surprised by that stat line. I think the, the one thing that really jumps out at me, um, I mean, listen, they, they put 38 points. They won. That's all that's really important. As we look at Hertz uh, development, uh, what's his name? AJ Brown having 13 targets. That's a little concerning to me. I mean, he really showed up and and if he can do that every yeah. game and we win, that's great. But I think once we come to the playoffs and teams say, okay, Hertz is going to look at his first option. If it's not there, he's going to run the ball. Uh, that just doesn't seem like that's going to be long-term success. Yeah, uh, I think, I, I think during the regular season, we can see that way, but, but not in the playoffs. Yeah. And if there's, is a criticism of, of Jalen hurts, uh, for me from that game, that would, that would absolutely be it. Um, and, and look, I, I am a huge proponent of, you better be able to move. You know, if you're not Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, you better be able to run when you're in the NFL, if you're a quarterback to extend plays, keep drives going. And, and hurts did that, but, but way too frequently, he's dropping back looking for his first option and then just running, you know, at the first sight of, of, of a defensive back, you know, and then you watch, you know, uh, later on in the day, I'm watching, a next week's opponent and Kirk cousins. And it just it, Kirk, Kirk cousins is, is, you know, a very serviceable NFL quarterback. Um, you just watch the difference though. And he can't run like hurts. I understand that's not part of his, his game, but just the patience of, okay, here comes a blitzer. I got to step up in the pocket and get this pass off. Got to keep my eyes downfield. Hurts just seemed to be taken off at the first sign of sign of danger, you know, and he, he can't do that. You just, you just can't, can't let that continue happening for a couple of reasons. One, he can get hurt the way he plays. Yeah, that's and what we, I was thinking. He we, got we hit don't a want lot that. in the first he, oh, he was getting, yeah. yeah he, he got popped a few times. Um, you know, I think, I think next week your, your offensive game plan is going to be a little, little bit, a little bit different. I, I do think that other people will be getting involved, but Hey, it's, I mean, AJ Brown looked, looked great with hurts. They, they were in sync right away. I know that they, they have a, you know, longstanding friendship going back to, I guess, high school, um, so I, you know, I think that plays in, but, but you got to spread the ball around the field. You have, you have a lot of weapons and a lot of speed on that, on that offense, uh, in Smith and Watkins. So they, they have to get touches. Um, but my, my concerns all, all really are on the defensive side of the ball. And, and I'm not, I am not going to just, you know, blow up and, and react, you know, insane. Like a lot of people are doing right now. Cause they gave up a lot of points and, and DeAndre Swift, who's an elite running back look good. 
Um, you know, my, my concern is, is Jordan Davis, you know, I read a stat, Jordan Davis, uh, I think he played 20% of the defensive snaps. I can't remember the exact number he played it. Um, and in those, in the snaps that he was on the field for, uh, Detroit averaged 2.9 yards per carry in the snaps. He was not on the field for they averaged 10 yards a carry. Um, I, I mean, Jonathan Gannon has those numbers throughout the game. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're looking at that stuff. So, uh, you know, maybe they're just breaking in the rookie, but, but he's essentially two people. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's all that, it's all that much more difficult for, for the running backs to find the holes when, when he's in. And I mean, you watch there's, there's one play where, I mean, he's, he's a nose tackle. He just blows up the center and gets one arm on. It was, I believe Jamal Williams at the time, not a, not so, but he gets just one arm on him and he takes him down and just, just a really, really nice, nice play like that. Um, but yeah, I think that he's going to have to have to play more. I mean, you got Dalvin cook now. It doesn't really get any easier. Um, but, but of course that that's not going to be the focal point of the, the Vikings offense. And, if you have Justin Jefferson in, in fantasy, uh, good. I mean, awesome because you just won. You won your week because I don't see how the Eagles stop this guy. I, 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 it's not happening. I just, I can't imagine this guy gets gets less than fifteen targets. It's going to okay, be. Let's, let's save that for for uh, going to be a field week day. when we break down the, but, uh, uh, the episode. That, that is my concern uh, with the Eagles. Is is you know they worked at a lot of new starters, a lot of new players, but uh, the defense has to has to sharpen up. But it's a first game, so I'm not going to go nuts uh, about it. It is the first game. There's a lot of moving pieces uh, and new new faces in town, so it, it doesn't doesn't make any sense to get worked up about it right now. It's early in the year. But Barnett's it. gone right now for the rest of the season. Uh, that that's obviously a blow. Just that that defensive end depth that the Eagles had going in yep. losing him early on. I'm sure Howie's already on the phone trying to figure out just another guy that we can get in just to keep the, the yep. legs fresh on that defensive end. Um, curious to see what comes of that. Yeah. You know, that, that is a, a tough loss and, and say what you will about the guy, I, you know, he's made some big plays for the Eagles over the years. And, and again, like, like a lot of players, Eagles drafted, you know, a quote unquote bust, but, but I think that, uh, you know, you, you, you need depth and, and you have to have guys, that can rotate in and out and play. So, so any, any loss to a guy who's going to play meaningful minutes, definitely, uh, definitely hurts. But, you know, I, I think that, that all in all, it is a little bit of what I expected. Um, like I said, on a podcast earlier, I was very critical of Jonathan Gannon, um, the past couple of years, just, just about, um, it just didn't seem like, like, like these guys were positioned properly ever. It seemed like the offense was always a step ahead of them. And that's sort of what it felt like, um, in this game, but, but again, there's a lot of new faces and you can't put all the blame on him. So, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll you know, we got to keep an eye on it. we got to see what happens, but, uh, at the end of the day, you want a game on the road in the NFL and that's good, no matter how you get it done. So, uh, 38, 35 win for the Eagles moving on to a uh, Minnesota from Monday night football. Like Shane said, we'll cover that, uh, in an episode later this week and, and, you know, dive into that game, uh, as close as we can. Um, and hopefully Shane will bring some of his, uh, incredible prognostication into that one. Like he, like he had this week. And, and as Shane said at the top of the show, four and O for Shane this week, uh, I went a gentleman's one and three in the <laughs> NFL, but there were two very bad beats in there. Uh, so why don't we start Shane with the game that, that you and I actually both hit on uh, the Ravens and looking back, it's like, wait, why didn't I put a billion dollars on it? The Ravens, uh, the jets, you got it. The Ravens at minus six and a half. I don't minus seven. I think they won by uh, 15, 24, nine. Was that the final score that game? Before uh, nine. So that was that was an, a fairly easy win for both of us. It took a little bit for Lamar Jackson to get going, but but once yeah, I thought he would have done more with his legs. Me uh, too. To be honest, yeah. just with the whole contract thing, I thought yeah, he was exactly. going to rush in for for two touchdowns and yep. uh, yeah, and, and really just try and uh, try and make them seem like they made a mistake by not locking them up too early. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, I think that was a play that we were both you know very very confident in. Um, 
another play that 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 I I, I should have taken. I don't know why I didn't because I, I was also uh, uh, pretty high on this team. Was the Steelers plus six and a half for Cincinnati? Uh, we hit the nail on the head when we broke down Cincinnati in in our uh, in our conference by conference breakdown, and they look like a team that they could be a prime candidate for a Super Bowl hangover. And and boy, they sure looked like it against the Steelers. Well, I yeah, mean, the Steelers I, look good. I mean, Tomlin gets those guys ready for, especially for division games, especially for road games. They they just always seem to be ready. And uh, you know, th- with the with the two losses they had, it's going to be interesting to see how they move forward without Najee Harris and uh, T.J. Watt. I think they're both going to be out uh, maybe for at least next week. Watt for for several weeks after that. Yep. But um, that that's a tough loss for them. I think Cincinnati. You know, looking at the early lines, I, I think they actually bounce back next week. They're I think they're laying like six and a half at Dallas, but uh. After what's going on in Dallas, Ooh, it's, it's going to be tough not to uh, try to find any any reason to take take the Cowboys in that one. Um, yeah, so so this game that that was the second one on uh, that I had taken plus six and a half. Uh, really didn't have to sweat it too much at all. I mean, especially having that that hook there. Um, you know, when it was tied, when it goes to uh, if it goes to overtime, yeah. you get the win. So yep. Uh, yep. not too much to sweat there. They had the lead early. Obviously, letting up a touchdown late wasn't ideal, but um, didn't have him on the money line, had the points. So, yeah, uh, I, yeah, fun one. I think the the two defensive performances that really stood out uh, to me from from this past weekend, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick for the Steelers, he, he blocked that. Uh, he had blocked the uh, field goal that would have won it. I be, yeah, would have won it, right, for the Bengals. Extra uh, point, yeah. Obviously, the extra point, yeah. He blocked that, and he, and he made a couple big defense plays. I believe he had an, he had an interception at one point. Um, I think Barrow threw two two picks in the he game. Four. Oh, four picks, okay. Um, yeah, and he did, did Fitzpatrick just have one of them, or did he have two? Maybe he had two. No, I think he just had one of them. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, he was impressive. And then and then you mentioned Dallas, Michael Parsons, two sacks, uh, it took him 17 games to get to 15 sacks. That's the quickest anyone in NFL history has done it. Uh, like I said in the first show, he's the best player in the NFL. Uh, they're going to have to put him at running back, though, or, or quarterback or something because the, their their offense is atrocious. But uh, but that game oh, could have been... Oh, punts in, uh, in preseason. I, I that, know, so. yeah. Uh, that game could have been so much uglier if he didn't have those two sacks of Brady when when uh, uh, the Bucks were in the red zone or nearing the red zone. He, he made two big plays, but uh, um, I, I think that prediction is going to look good. Uh Moving on, let me just break. I'm going to break down two games at once for you that, that I lost on. Uh, one is the Browns and the Panthers. And I tweeted this out. I, I said that college football in the NFL would be so much better if Matt Rule just went back to college. And with that Nebraska job open, I think that's a very real possibility. Uh, be one of the worst things for Penn State if he ended up in Nebraska. But uh, I'm so dumbfounded by what goes on. I mean, you're preparing to play a football game, be it in college or the NFL. And this team came out and they were so unprepared to play. Now, luckily, they're playing a horrible team with with a quarterback who's prone to make mistakes, so they made it interesting for me. But, I mean, you know, the commanders are, are, are threatening to blow the doors off that game. The Jags fight their way oh, – I'm sorry. Um, um, the Browns are, are dominating that game. The Panthers are fighting their way back in. Um, make it make it interesting for me. Baker, uh, you know, showed some flashes of what – you know, towards the end of the game, what I thought he was going to do the entire game, but uh, it wasn't very good. So let me just set the scene for you. I mentioned the, the Jags and commanders. So I am, uh, I've switched over to red zone. I, I thought the Eagles had the game uh, locked up and I was wrong about that, but uh, I'm on red zone and the Panthers are driving and I, I, I've got an eye on the commanders and, and Jaguars. And at this point, the, the Jaguars had the lead in the game. So I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, so the Panthers have a field goal, gives them the lead. Now I got the Panthers a plus, plus one and a half. So I'm, I'm feeling good. Uh, Panthers are up. Uh, they were up 
one. Am I correct here? Yeah. So they're up one. And uh, Cleveland now has the ball back with a with little over a minute. So they drive down. They set up themselves for a field goal. Field goal is good. I lose, I lose that bet. Crushing fashion. The next thing they show on red zone is Carson Wentz hitting Dotson on that pass. The, ne- the very next thing they go to. So I, I, I have two horrible beats within 15 seconds of each other. Um, and I went from what could have been a decent day to a terrible day uh, because of, of those two teams. I, I, I will never, never, never bet the Panthers again. That's an awful team. That's a coach who, who hey, with that Nebraska job open, this could be a big opportunity for him. Uh, but that awful team, just an awful, awful team. Uh, Jacksonville should have won that game. Uh, Travis Etienne uh, killed me on uh, both both gambling and fantasy purposes. Uh, drops one, short, short touchdown pass. I mean, no one near him drops it. And then Lawrence overthrew him on another touchdown pass. So uh, just just not, not really a sharp performance. I do think the Jags will show improvement, though, uh, throughout the year. So I think that <sighs> two terrible. things Just we terrible. need to have a, a bed aches, uh, yeah, bed beats uh, segment to, to come in so you can break that down. Also, uh, breaking down two games at once probably isn't the best idea because you confused the hell out of me originally there. Well, to start off, the, <laughs> trying to now, set the scene here of, of what what goes on in my brain when when I lose these bets. Now the next uh, the next game that you had was the uh, Pats and the Dolphins, and this one was just never close. So, <laughs> uh, to answer the question from the last uh, last podcast, uh, yes, uh, Tua Iloa is better than Mac Jones. I I, I now have an answer to that. Um, the Patriots must just have no one. That they, that they must just be awful. I I, I mean. You, you got a brand new coach in Miami and Belichick can't beat them. You got to be just awful. So yeah, the Pats are another team that, that might be a prime uh, fade the Pats candidate. Cause it, I don't know. I, I don't know how this, this, this gets together. They rolled the dice. Yeah, they're favored they ro- this week at Pittsburgh and uh, might like it. Uh, TJ Watt out. I mean, that that's, got it. Yeah, no, I don't, I, I will not be, not be touching that, but we'll, we'll get to that in a later. Uh, at a later date, um, yeah. So that was that was the one loss where I was just so totally wrong. Um, it was it was just just brutal. Um, uh, so jumping over to the to my picks, so some winners, winners here for you. So the Ravens we already talked about, the Giants we also covered already, uh, and the Steelers. So we covered three of those already. The last one I had was the Colts and Texans, and again took the points here, not the money line, but they should have won this game. I mean. Oh. I mean, mean, to be up, what were they up? 17, 17, nothing. And then to let the Colts come back and they pretty much just gave up in the, after the third quarter and let them right back into it. And then, uh, you know, we, we touched on it when we were, we were talking about the, uh, you know, the difference between some of the first year coaches, but not going for it with two minutes left for a team you're, you're taking over. That's not supposed to do much. I mean, you just, just disappointing. It's just, it, it's draining, right? It's going to be draining for those players. Do you think it's like a, like, you know, you look back at the end of the season and you say, okay, you know, I mean, you're, you're going to lose the game. though. Like you're going to tie or, or they win. had the possibility yeah. to lose a game because it was at, is that like midfield? So they lose that and there's still two minutes left with Matt Ryan to get 15, yeah, 20 yeah, yards. That's, that's true. And then they have, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, is that really- Rodrigo Blankenship, who yep. just got cut because he missed that kick. Speaking of, I found out um, today that he actually has a rap song out that he released in 2018. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You should check it out. I'll send it to you. It's on, it's on SoundCloud. It is. Um, it's. Uh, yeah. I, I was surprised. All right. So is he going to be able to just transition smoothly into a rap career from, from kicking or? I think he's probably going to become an accountant. <laughs> he always got the glasses for it already anyway. Um, 
Yeah, that was that was a, a very weird decision. And I almost just think it was, well, you know, at, at the end of the day, a tie is going to look better to loss when, I, when I'm, you know, trying to maintain my job if, if I'm lovey. So it just, I, but, I mean. But he's a first year coach. Like he probably has two years already. And uh, I mean, what do you, uh, I, I, don't I don't know. know. Okay, let's move on. All right. So the, the two teasers that we have, we both had the Ravens in a teaser. You took the Seahawks. They won mm-hmm. outright. You had them at plus 12 and a half. Easy win for you. Never yeah. really had to sweat that. Crazy. Um, yeah. And I had uh, the Ravens paired up with the Niners and <laughs> I should have been paying a little bit closer attention to the, uh, to the, the weather, one of the reasons that you probably shouldn't bet too early in the week uh, for something like a teaser. But um, yeah, that um, that was not good. I mean, they they barely even no, featured was... that on Red Zone because of how terrible the weather was. Yeah. But it was just a slot fest. Uh, not much to take out of that game other than, uh, you know, one of my losses on the week. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I thought Trey Lance would have been would have been better. Uh, really just just looked a little bit lost one out thing there. I did hear that apparently his college stadium is a dome. So, and he didn't really play too many games in college. So this guy's never played. <laughs> yeah, it really had the elements. Any yeah. of the elements. Yeah. Um, and it's something that I heard in like a news clip that was, um, you know, just sort of in passing, like a comment that sort of jumped out to me. But I think that's a real opportunity for us to to look at moving forward. Any, anytime there's some bad weather or he's playing in, you know, a cold city, something yeah. like that. Let's keep an eye on that. And let's, uh, let's fade him in those situations. Yeah, no, absolutely. That was, uh, yeah, that was just a straight up monsoon. You, you, I mean, you know, you know, it's bad when the cameraman can't keep the lens clean. So there's just like raindrops, you know, all over the camera lens and they just can't do anything about it. That's always a bad sign. But yeah, that was nasty weather. So uh, so all in all, a great, great week one in the NFL for Shane and a terrible week one in the NFL for me. But it was week one. And, uh, you know, much like much like the players and coaches are, are still uh, still shaking off the preseason rush. So am I, but I'll be I'll be back. Also, I think uh, I think moving forward, instead of doing four, we should either do three or five because yeah, I don't yeah. like the possibility of having a tie in there and losing money. So I'd rather uh, I'd almost rather go two and three than uh, two and two, at least in this segment. No, I agree. I I, I do like a nice, uh, nice, nice flat record, a nice odd number. So uh, yeah, I guess can we should we turn the page to uh, to uh, college football? Turn back so, the page. so one more thing I want to just mention mm-hmm. real quick, because we, we didn't get the chance to uh, to release our season awards or some of our season long prop bets. Uh, one of the things that I did going into last year was an experiment, and it came out of a comment that I heard uh, on a podcast a few years ago regarding the fact that in Super Bowl, the prop bets hit at a 70% clip. So to me, I looked at that and I'm like, that's that's incredible. Now, do I bet the under for uh, you know player props in the Super Bowl? Of course not. I'm not a psychopath, <laughs> but I did run an experiment last year that uh, you know I bet a very small amount of money on all the quarterback passing yard unders, and I was shocked at the results. I think it came out to um, 18 and six was the final uh, for that. Now the reason for that these quarterbacks they get hurt, and I dug up some stats to figure out. Um, just how frequently these guys get hurt. And you think about week one, right? So you lose Dak Prescott. Um, um, that's probably going to go under if he misses six to eight games. Uh, mm-hmm. the, who else? Mac Jones injured his back. That's something that we should, uh, we should keep an eye on. Yep. But, um, I did look up, let's see what year is this, uh, the past two years, 2021 and 2022. We'll start with 2021. I'm going to read to you some of the guys that made a start in the NFL last year. All right. Um, we'll start from the bottom. Some of the guys that 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 you probably aren't aware of, and uh, it's it's pretty surprising. So Jake Fromm made a start last year for the Giants. 
Uh, Georgia, great. Jake Fromm. Let's see how many. Let's see how many colleges I can name where where they played. <laughs> Ian Book. Yeah, Notre Dame. Absolutely. Uh, Mike Glennon. Ah oh, man, big neck, right? He's that yeah. guy. I can't remember who played in college. Ryan Fitzpatrick because he forever. started the season for the Commanders. That was the easiest one of of the whole year for me last year. A Harvard guy. Uh, Wait, Bur- Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh yeah, that's right. He did. He started like yeah, the first right. drive. Right. He <laughs> broke his. I, I don't know. What that's right. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Allen. Uh, no. Sean Mannion. Man, Garrett Gilbert. Sean Mannion's been forever. Garrett Gilbert was like a Oklahoma State or something. Uh, Nick Mullins. Oh man, he played Tim for the 49ers, Boyle. right? Uh, uh Nick wow. Mullins played for the Browns last year. He Tim was Boyle for Iowa, Duke. I believe. Uh we're just naming different states and yeah. colleges. Uh Mason Rudolph. Of course, Oklahoma uh, PJ State. PJ Walker, Temple, Flacco, let's go. Delaware. Mike White, Jordan Love, uh, Case Keenum. So like I'm I'm naming these guys, and some uh, of these guys aren't even in the I, league anymore. So it, it's that is incredible. Wow. Okay. So now jumping back, we'll, we'll just go through some of the ones at the bottom of, uh, but I mean, see, 2020 with, with that bet though, it's almost like if a quarterback misses a game, that's, that's huge. My, my guess. And I, you know, don't I don't know how they come up with these numbers. My guess is they account for maybe two games lost or something like that. Like whatever the yeah, average like, must be, but I, people just lean toward the over. They look at the number and they yeah. say, yeah, this guy's yeah. going to go over that number. It's, um, all right. So Ben DiNucci, uh, JMU, yeah. Brian Hoyer. So <laughs> RG3 State. started a game in 2020 for, uh, for who? For the oh, Ravens. That's right. That's right. Jake what? Luton. Oh, boy. PJ Walker again. Brett Ripian. Uh, Jeff Driscoll. Brian Florida. Finley. Uh, Oh, Garrett man. Gilbert again, oh, Wayne Haskins, RIP. It's yeah. Uh, Tyrod Taylor before <laughs> before their training staff uh, took him out. Colt McCoy, Brendan Allen, like it's it's yeah, just what, fascinating. Wow. So it uh, is. Last year there was sixty two. This uh, in twenty twenty there were fifty nine. So you're thinking like that's twice as many starting quarterbacks yeah. as are in their league. Yep. Anyway, wow. something if if you uh, if you can still get odds on that, it's something yeah. to look into. Take take some of the season long unders. I've only done for quarterbacks, but look at the running backs. Those guys get injured more frequently than the quarterbacks do. Um, some of the wide receiver stats. I mean, guys just get injured, and miss games, and uh, you know when when you do the season long bet, the, the negative is you're tying up your bankroll, but the positive is at the end of the year you get a lot of money back that you probably lost betting throughout the year. So yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a nice true. way to sort of have that set of forget it. And by the end of the year, collect on, uh, collect yeah. on the NFL season. I like the strategy. Absolutely. Moving on to college football week two, Joe four for five on the picks. Well done, man. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, that was much better, uh, than the NFL was for me. This, this, particular week um you know the, the one game that that i kind of had to had to take was was at ohio versus penn state over 54 uh covered that that pretty easily and penn state got to use three different quarterbacks in and they all all look pretty pretty darn good uh but obviously the takeaway from the penn state game was nick singleton um you know he he did what he was expected to do he's he was you know the best best running back in the country in high school last year and he comes in and uh i mean his first touchdown run, very impressive, uh, 70 yards to the house. Um, this, the, the second one, he takes 44 yards to the house. Uh, I mean, I, I think you mentioned it before. He kind of looks like he's just playing with little kids. Cause he literally just runs to the outside, makes a left turn and then runs straight. 
and he's just faster than everybody. So you can get you can get that edge. I mean, you're probably not going to do it against Auburn's uh, defense, but you can do it against Ohio's. And it was just kind of funny to funny to watch that. But but man, he looks looks really good. Um, you know, Sean Clifford did what he had to do. Drew Aller came in, looked better than Sean Clifford. Uh, Christian Veyer, uh comes in late and plays pretty well uh, himself. So uh, you know, you got you got to do what Franklin wants to do, and that that's build depth. Um, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, Penn, Penn State is getting so lucky, and not actually lucky, but they're doing a really good job in in the transfer portal two years in a row now. So last year they have Arnold Abicady, who uh, transferred in from Temple and, and just was phenomenal uh, as a defensive end. And then and then this year you get Chop Robinson in from Maryland, and he was uh, James Franklin's defensive player of the game. Uh, he said in his press conference today. Um, and, and Chop Robinson's just been been great on the defensive side of the ball. He's really been 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 a surprise and. Um, that that defense is is going to be faced with a different set of challenges uh, playing Auburn uh, on Saturday afternoon. But um, you know you, you have to be pleased with what you saw, kind of a um, a real good good team effort in, on the defensive side of the ball, and and really led by by another transfer in, in Chop Robinson, who's been great. Um, you know, I, and and the other the other just just takeaway I'll mention is Barney Amore punting again, just <laughs> another great job, great job punting, and and if you can. Uh, you know, you can have have teams, you know, not, not necessarily just a team like Ohio, but you can have any team. If you know, you can do that against Auburn. You got them starting, you know, inside their own five, 10 yard line. It really changes the way the defense can play and it really changes the game. So I thought offense, defense, special teams, there was a lot of standouts. Um, so many people got got in, got reps. You had, um, yeah, Jaden Dotton looked really good at wide receiver. You had Amari Evans, a true freshman playing wide receiver. He had a touchdown from. Uh, from Drew Drew Aller, uh, so I, you know they 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 did what I think they needed to do in this game, and that was was just develop some depth, get guys some reps, uh, and get away with a win, and uh, more importantly, uh, get us a cover. So that was uh that that was a really nice 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 game by Penn State. Any thoughts on that one? You you nailed it. You nailed all the talking points. I think with Chap Robinson, he's we talked about this a little bit with Jordan Davis, where he's going to be the type of player. Jordan Davis, that being for you know the defensive lineman for the Eagles, yep. he can affect the game without having you know filling up the box score. And yep. just looking over the box score, I don't see Robinson listed at all. He, yeah. It doesn't look like he had a tackle or a sack, but he was in the backfield, especially early in the game in the first quarter and the first half. He was in the backfield, just just causing chaos. Yeah, and, he's constantly getting pressure. Yep. And that's the type you need to really set up some of your other guys to uh to to put up some numbers. So it is really good to see that. I think the the Nick Singleton was was incredible. Um it, you know, you really hope to see uh, you know, as we were watching that game, Son Osworth was mentioning that like as he's returned punts are like, I don't like to see that. But <laughs> yeah. at this point, he only got 10 rushes. It seems like he got so yeah. much more, but he's still sharing carries with uh with some of the other their other running backs. Uh so uh, ten, you know, ten carries, one hundred seventy-nine yards. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, you know, we'll see if he does take over that mantle as starting uh, starting running back and uh, get get some some more of those uh, that heavy workload, especially yeah. against some of the the tougher opponents. We'll see if uh, he gets removed from the punt returning duties. Um, I mean, the the big thing for me was just how great uh, how great Aller looked in this game. Yeah, he was six for eight, but. The, the one pass he had uh, over the middle of the post, I forget uh, who, who received it, but uh, he just flicked it like he just flicked his wrist. And he let it hang out there like he was doing a foul shot because as soon as he let go, he knew it was perfect. And he, he just yeah. he just lets his wrist hang because he, he knew it was great. So it's good to see someone who can throw the ball with that much confidence. Uh, Clifford wasn't too impressive to me again, but um, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how they handle them. Moving yeah, forward. I, I do think. Um... 
you know, you look look ahead to Auburn a little bit. Um, Kevon Lee only had one carry in, in the entire game against Ohio, but you know, what is Kevon Lee gonna gonna the coaches know him? what's he gonna what's he gonna show you in, in this game? So I think it's good that the Katron Allen and and Nick Singleton obviously got got a lot of the, the work there. Um, but I just think with that performance and, and you see the kind of speed and, and power that Singleton runs with, uh, he's gotta be the focal point of the offense against Auburn. I mean you know, it, it, it's it's all it's all well and good to to you know have this allegiance to, to Kevon Lee for for hanging in and hanging around and everything. But uh, if you're going to beat a good team on the road, you're going to have to have your best players going. And Singleton's uh, showing that he is just a, just an outstanding player and and only going to get better. So uh, yeah, I mean Clifford, uh, God, do you? I mean, do you think there is there a scenario where you know I think Penn State's defense keeps it keeps it relatively close? I don't think I don't think Auburn is is great offensively, although they have a strong running attack led by Tank Bigsby. But I mean, do you think there's a scenario where if this game is, you know, I don't know, seven, nothing Auburn going into halftime and Clifford's not, not getting it done. I mean, does Aller come out and play, play the second half? I don't think Franklin has the balls to make that. <sighs> yeah, that would, that would be a, that would be a, uh, earth shattering move in, in the college football landscape. If, if he, he pulls Clifford, but I, uh, you know, he's, he's, He's done it before in games, so we'll see. But I, I just don't see it happening uh, in this game. And I, I don't necessarily know if they're going to have to. It's not. I'm not going to play it this week. It, it's kind of a weird, you know. Penn State's three point favorites on the road, and I, I just, I just don't want to mess with that. But, but I, I, I don't think Auburn's all they're 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 made out to be. So I, I think Penn State can win that game. Um, so that was that was a nice win there. Other other uh, W's for me. Um, Northwestern, the team total uh, thirty three and a half. I took the under. In what what planet was Northwestern going to score thirty four points in a, in a football game? Like, you know, I get Duke; they play Duke, and then you know, Duke Duke beat them, you know, pretty handedly. And maybe Duke's better than we're giving them credit for. I mean, they beat Temple the first game thirty to nothing. And look, Temple's awful, but you know, Duke's defense has to do something right to to shut out a a college football team. So my my thought process there was okay, yeah, you know that that that's going to be. Duke's defense is going to be okay. Mike Elko's, you know, defensive-minded head coach. So and let me let me roll the dice here. But but I, I mean, Northwestern, you could have been playing anybody. They're not going to score 34 points. And I, I mean, I, I forget what they they finished, but they scored a little bit at the end, but it was never a sweat situation. So um, so that was a good hit. Uh, the other one just and I mean I watched the bulk of this game and it just made me want to rip my eyeballs out. And it was Iowa State. Uh, I took them plus three and a half versus Iowa. I, they ended up winning outright. Um, at Iowa, which which was a monkey off the back of Matt Campbell for for sure, because he had not been able to do that with Iowa State yet. Um, Iowa's offense is it, it's the worst Big Ten offense I can remember seeing. Your offensive coordinator is a head coach's son, so what do you do? I, I mean, you know, if you were anyone else, you're, you're probably getting fired because you have uh, what do you have ten points in two games or something offensively, so. You know, it, it was it was atrocious. It was it was just ugly. I thought Iowa State was going to be a little bit better, but uh, they were they were not. But but did enough to to get the job done there. Uh, so that was a nice nice hit. Uh, other uh, other game. Oh, one of the one of the losses was I was just way off, and I took UVA plus four and a half at Illinois. I still don't think Illinois is that good. I just overestimated Virginia's quarterback Brennan Armstrong. I thought just his talent alone would would, would get me to this cover, but I was I was wrong. That that team that team is a mess. That that, that game was brutal. They were awful. So I was uh, keeping up with 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 uh, what happened to me last week in, in my college football bets. When I was right, I was I was right. 
Uh, but when I was wrong, I was way, way, way wrong. And that's what happened in, in this game. Uh, and then, of course, I I take a you know, nice, nice game that kicks off at 11 o'clock p.m. And that was Mississippi State uh, versus Arizona. Uh, Will Rogers, quarterback at Mississippi State, I really like. I think Arizona was overhyped after a week one win. Um, so, you know, I, I, I literally had watched college football from noon. I get to halftime of that game. And I'm walking around my house, like trying to stay awake. I'm eating fistfuls of cereal just, just so the crunch keeps me awake. And I still fell asleep during that game, but you wake up to it, to a cover. So, um, so that, that was, uh, that was nice to have. I, you know, again, I, I didn't look at Arizona's line or who they're playing this week, but that's a team you, you might want to get on the, uh, the fade radar. Yeah. So that, that uh, led to a four and one uh, weekend in, in college football for me. And and all told, and every, every pick we've given out uh, either our locks on here or on Twitter, uh, Shane and I are, are combined 15 and 10 right now. That is 60%. So that's better than the pros do. Uh, people that make a, make a living off of this, I think are around 58, what is it? 58.6% or something is where they have to be. So, you know, we are giving you free picks and you're winning money uh, better than people who do this for a living would, would be able to give you. So I, th- I think we're going to continue that trend. Uh, I, have, I have a lot of high hopes for a football season. We, we've been off to a pretty good start. Let's keep that trend rolling, Joe. You have five locks in college football for this week. Hopping right in Western Kentucky, University versus Indiana. The line is Indiana at home favored by six and a half with a 61 and a half point over under. Uh, it looks like you are leaning toward Western Kentucky and uh, you're not alone on that. So of the bets that have come in so far, 79% of the bets that have come in are on uh, Western Kentucky, uh, including 89% of the money. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I will say, I think Indiana is a little bit better than I'm giving credit for. I, I absolutely hate Tom Allen. I think he's a total frog coach. They beat Illinois in in uh, week zero, I guess, uh, one of the one of the first games of the season. Um, they looked okay. They looked they looked okay in that game enough to get by Illinois. Um, and now then they beat Idaho pretty pretty convincingly. Idaho is one of the worst teams. Uh, now you get Western Kentucky, and I think the Western Kentucky they're also two and zero right now. Look, they lost a lot. They lose Bailey Zappi, who who set you know a billion passing records, um, and they lose Mitchell Dinsley, who who's now uh, now scoring touchdowns for Penn State. Um, Western Kentucky though still can light it up, and I don't think that I do not think that Indiana's defense is is as good at, good enough to 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 cover that that spread. So I think that. Western Kentucky, they might not win the game outright, but that's why I'm taking the points. Um, I, I do, I do, I do like like them to win it outright. I'm not going to take that though. I, I think that that Indiana is overhyped and the defense is just not going to be good enough to run with uh, uh, to run with with Western Kentucky. Staying in the Big Ten, Nevada is playing uh, at Iowa. This line, this is an interesting one. Line is 23. Iowa favored by 23 mm-hmm. points. Looks like you got the under at 41. It's down to 39 right now. It's so interesting to see that big of a yeah. spread with that low of an over-under. Uh, makes me think Nevada is not going to score at all in this game. My thought exactly. Uh, Nevada will not. Don't don't be fooled. Don't be fooled by Nevada's point totals in their first three games. They scored. I don't. I don't even know what the numbers are. They scored a ton of. I mean, they, they lost last week to a team called Incarnate Word. 
which which I think they actually are a good FCS program, but I mean, come on. And they gave up 55 points to Incarnate Word, and I think they scored like 42 themselves or something. Do not be fooled by that. Incarnate Word and Iowa, a little bit, little bit different on, on the defensive uh, side of the ball, I, I think. I don't watch a ton of Incarnate Word football, but, but I would guess that. So Nevada's, Nevada's awful. I mean, they lost, and don't let the record fool you, nothing. They lost so many players uh, over the last year. They're going through a coaching change. They're not going to score. And Iowa certainly isn't scoring 40, 41 points. There's just no way. Uh, they, they, I, I, Iowa couldn't score 41 points against a high school team. Uh, honestly, they're, they're, that's just not what they're going to do. Uh, so they're going to win the game, Iowa. And like you said, that, that spread's huge. I, you know, I think that the only reason I'm not taking Iowa you know, minus a 23, because I do not think that Nevada's going to score a single point. The only reason I'm not taking it is because I don't know that that Iowa can score, you know, 23, 24 points. So uh, I think that the under is just just safe. And when I, I saw that Sunday night at at 41, and I just said I got to get all over it. So um, yeah, I, I just don't think Nevada's going to score. I, I'm not I'm not fooled by by the performance. Hello, would you end up against. taking this game? Uh, I would honestly still be comfortable. Third, is it a 39 now? I, I would yep. still go, still take it there. All right, the next game on the lineup, Purdue is at Syracuse. The line is Purdue minus one with a over-under of 58.5%. Now, looking at the numbers, 74% of the bets that are coming in are on Purdue and 89% of the money. Yeah, you know, I think that that Syracuse has looked, they look fairly good. Um, they, they had a big win against Louisville, who was just totally lost in, in week one, and then they, they beat another team uh, week two pretty, pretty impressively. Um, I think that that, that, you know, I, you still have to go back a little bit and think about how Syracuse has been just, just in the past. And of course the past is the best predictor of the, the future. Um, and I think that there's still a lot of weaknesses on the Syracuse team that have not been addressed. Um, and I think they come to the forefront, uh, this week and, and we saw Aiden O'Connell and, and what he could do, you know, through the air, um, against Penn state. And I, and I just think that the Purdue passing attack is going to be way too much for Syracuse to handle, even, even at the carrier dome. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with, with Purdue and minus one there. The next lock within your set of five is we have Tulane at Kansas State. Tulane is favored by 14 and a half, and the over-under is 47. A lot of points for you know a team in Kansas State who look, I I picked them to go over over six and a half, six and a half wins a season. So I I I am I am higher on Kansas State than I think most people. But in the first, you know, the first couple uh, couple weeks of the season. I, I don't know that they've shown me enough through the air that their passing attack has been good enough to to really score a lot of points. And I mean, Adrian Martinez is what he is, it appears. And, and you know, the reports out of camp were that he was looking great, but but he appears to be the same old guy. Uh, you know, Deuce Vaughn, who I call the best running back in college football, is I, I think he's I think he's lived up to that to, to some extent. Um, but I think that 14 and a half points is just way too many for this game because Tulane's, you know, they're they're not they're not a pushover. They 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 you know. They they put it on UMass, who's probably the worst team in in uh, in FBS, and then they they killed Alcorn State fifty two nothing last week. The probably the the best team in or the are one of the middle of the road teams in the FCS, I should say. Um, so so you beat a FCS team and a, a bad FBS team, and now you go play at Kansas State. It's going to be a challenge, but I'm actually you know I'm actually impressed by by Tulane's offense, and I think that uh, their quarterback showed some some yeah some. Pretty, pretty 
good throws, you know, from what I've seen, even playing bad, uh, bad competition, his name's uh, Michael Pratt. Um, he, he's played, he's played well. And I think that can carry over and, and they can score some points on, on Kansas state. Uh, Kansas state should, should be, uh, focus more on the run, but they definitely want Adrian Martinez to get going. And I think that with that strategy, I, I just don't think that they're going to be able to pull away enough to, to cover, you know, 14, 14 and a hook here. So I'm going to lane and, and those points. I gotta, I gotta get some underdogs going. I was going to say, you have two underdogs, one favorite, yeah. one under so far. So you're, you're betting like a sharp. Well, the next game, <laughs> not so much. You have Air Force minus 15 at Wyoming. You are leaning toward the, the favorite here, Joe. Yeah, I don't think Wyoming can keep up. Wyoming, you can score points on Air Force, but I don't think they can keep up. I think this game could be, what, what did you say the total was? Do you have under? It is 47, uh, 46 and a half. Yeah, you know, I, I'd be really tempted to play the over as well. You know, Air Force, obviously, they're, they're going to keep the ball on the ground quite a bit with uh, with Ezekiel Daniels, quarterback running, uh, guy out of actually Central Jersey, and then and then their their running back, who I feel like has been there for forever, uh, Brad Roberts. Um, so they're gonna they're gonna keep the ball on the ground, but I think they're going to be able to rip off some big chunk plays against Wyoming. Who, I, I mean, that's a decimated team. This is really going to be a down year for them. Um, so I, I I I have to. St- I have to go with, with, with air force, although I've been burned by air force probably more than any other college football team. And I think it's cause I really like what their helmets look like, but, uh, but, but this year I am, I am, I am big on his Daniels, big on Brad Roberts and way down on Wyoming. So when I saw, you know, I think that that line may have moved up a little bit. I'm not sure where it's at right now, but when I saw it at, at 15, I had to get all over it. Um, because I knew it would be, it would be, it would be trending the other way. So, uh, I'm very confident at 16 and a half. So oh, open uh, at 16 and a half. Yep. So you have that, you have that, right. Um, yeah, so I, I think, uh, oh, Air Force minus 16 and a half. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, so I think, uh, I, I think that that's, um, that's going to be a, a situation where Wyoming just, just will not be able to get stops. They might score, but, but they're not going to be able to get, to get stops on, on Air Force's ground attack. So, uh, I'm, I'm pretty confident in, in Air Force there. Let's hope so, for, uh, hope for five and a week. To recap, last week you went four and one. Your five blocks for this week are Western Kentucky plus six and a half. Tulane plus 14 and a half, the under 41 in the Nevada, Iowa game, Purdue minus one versus Syracuse and air force minus 15 versus Wyoming. There it is. Lock them up. For Joe Simonera, I'm Shane Curran. That's all for today's show. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends, remember rate, review, subscribe, and always bet on yourself. Philly and the Over is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe?